Hello, musical theatre fans. Welcome to the Mayor of Musical Theatre podcast. I am Ian Boquette, and what I love is pretending to be a mayor to talk to special guests about their favourite musicals. Not sure why, but no time to worry about that now. Firstly, a bit of an update from episode two, where we interviewed the lovely John Owen Jones. You may remember he talked a lot about the Great British Bake Off musical. Well, that's open now at the Noel Coward Theatre. I was lucky enough to go to the press night this week, and it really is as superb as he said. Do go see it. John is wonderful in it, of course, but the, the whole production is great. Hopefully I can talk to someone else from that show at some point in the future. Today's guest isn't from Bake Off, but it is an exciting one. It's a very exciting one. He's our first Olivier winner. It's the fantastic Matt Henry. You will know him from shows like The Drifter's Girl, Avenue Q and Kinky Boots, in which he played Lola so fiercely, so gosh darn fiercely, he won that Olivier award. Not only is he a fantastic actor and singer, but as you'll hear, he's also the loveliest person on the planet. Thank you so much to him for coming on the show and talking to us about some brilliant shows. And there's something even more exciting about today's episode. Not only does Matt tell us about some of the great shows he's been a part of, but he also talks about a new concert production of Annie Get Your Gun, which will play at the London Palladium on Friday the 7th of April 2023. Clear your diaries and make sure you're free for that. It's going to be incredible. Check out lwtheatres.co.uk for tickets. This podcast is produced in association with musicaltheatrereview.com. Check them out for all the latest news, reviews and interviews on everything on stage, backstage and worldwide. Also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast to get the latest episode sent straight to your podcasting app of choice. You can also follow the podcast on the socials at the handle at MusicalMayorPod, and you can follow Matt himself at at Mr. Matt Henry. That's at M-R Matt Henry. Thank you all for tuning in. Let's get straight into the chat with Matt Henry. Welcome to the... Sorry, I'll try that again. I'm not a professional actor, you see. I'm not a professional. (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) Thank you for your support. Uh, Welcome to the Mayor of Musical Theatre podcast. I am composer, reviewer, photographer, and now podcaster slash fake mayor, Ian Boquette, but I am far less worthy of the title of Mayor of Musical Theatre than my guest today. Since his West End, since his first West End role in a tiny little show called The Lion King, our special guest has forged a truly epic career, starring in smash hit shows like Avenue Q, Kinky Boots, and most recently The Drifter's Girl at Garrick Theatre. He was mentored by Will I Am and Jesse J on The Voice. He has been awarded with not only an Olivier, but with an MBE, and he is just been announced as Buffalo Bill in a new concert production of Annie Get Your Gun at the London Palladium. It's the one and only Matt Henry. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I really ran out of breath at the end there. That's the lack of breath control as a non-professional actor. (laughs) I was like, wow, I've done a lot. He's talking about me. It's a lot of stuff. One of the things I mentioned, Kinky Boots, I think that was the first time I saw you perform live and that was the role for which you won the Olivier Award. It must have been a great role, but also a very physically, emotionally demanding one, I imagine. Oh my God. I lived like a nun, trained like an athlete and literally didn't have a life, but you know, that sacrifice gave me all the accolades I could ever have asked for. I mean, it was such an amazing job. It was such an amazing role, you know, like it's once in a lifetime you get a role that you really connect with and you really can sink your teeth in. And, you know, all that dance training kind of came in and 
the you know the vocal training that I'd had and the acting it just everything just kind of came together and it just made sense and it was just such a wonderful moment I guess and just a, an honor to be able to portray Simon and portray Lola and play the truth of those characters and it just kind of it still sits with me like every time I hear the music it just takes me right back to like standing in the wings waiting to come on or you know quickly doing a, a, a seat you know a costume change and then you know knowing that I've got you know I've only got kind of two minutes before I've got to be back out again with a new wig on new makeup it's yeah it's you just lived but on by the seat of your pants when I was doing that show but the adrenaline oh my god I was an adrenaline junkie I guess <laughs> um and I had a fancy yeah had a fantastic time doing it I think people might expect a show like that to have a lot of great comedy, a lot of great singing and dancing in, but it was really heartbreaking at points as well, wasn't it? Oh my God, yes. I mean, the story, you know, just acceptance and just the realisation that I think the older we get, you know, we kind of feel like, you know, we can go out in the world and do what we need to do and be the, you know, be the, be the men or be the women who, who, we, who we are, you know, we've always destined to be. But somewhere in the in the back of um, there is the child still within us who wants that validation, who wants that acceptance, who needs to f- feel like they, you know, their parents accept them for who they are or kind of validate what they do. And um, yeah, I, and I guess loads of people connected with that emotional side, I guess, um, especially in songs like Not My Father's Son. And there were so many kind of, not even like gay men, but like so many people. But that song resonated with so many people because they realized that you do come to a point in your life where you've got to take control, you've got to take ownership of yourself and what you believe in. And sometimes your parents don't believe in the same thing that you believe. And you've got to make your own decisions and choices and, and go with them and stay strong and stay confident in your decision making and I feel like there were so many times I came out of stage door and there were women and children and you know people just kind of come up to me saying thank you so much that song really touched me that song really spoke to me I haven't spoken to my father for several years and you know hearing this song has just made me realize that maybe I should just reach out and be the bigger person and you know and that's what ends up that's what you know happens you know is that Lola kind of goes to the old people's home and she performs and she does this whole amazing speech and then her father just kind of puts his hand on her (gasps) oh my god that just gave me goosebumps just thinking about that moment um every night every night every (laughs) night yeah definitely bringing back all the memories for me as well it it was such a great show i mean the movie obviously was a great thing to start with but as you say the songs really add so much depth to it and stretching it out over the two and a half hours so you can really explore the character of lola yeah it was an incredible show yeah well you know cindy lauper you know is she's a legend man and just working with her and getting the understanding of you know the songs that she'd written and she kind of talked she sent us little um kind of um demos of like just her with a little guitar singing all these songs wow. and stuff and she, she would then t- you know speak about kind of where the idea came from and 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 you just kind of think wow you, you know from these demos we then have these orchestrated massive, like, sexes in the heel, like, yeah. huge production numbers, um, you know, were brought to life by Stephen Aremus, um, who was the arranger, and then he was the musical supervisor as well, and um, orchestrator. And just, yeah, the music 
all original songs, you know. And it went on, you know, the album went on to win a Grammy. And the album that we recorded actually was, a, you know, we did a live recording of the show and that also became Grammy nominated as well. So, you know, just testament to Cindy Lauper and her fantastic songwriting and um, yeah. She's an absolute legend and you got to tour with her. I did, yeah. That she, must be incredible. Oh my God. You know, like I pinch myself sometimes when people like remind me that I did it. I'm like, oh my God, I did, yeah. We, we were on stage and we did the finale number together. Um, girls just want to have fun. But then she was like, you know, man, you're going to sing boys and I'm going to sing girls and we're going to have a competition. And I was like, okay, yeah, 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 let's do this. And um, yeah, she just took me under her wing and I just finished recording my album um, and but was still doing the show. She didn't really have time to promote it. And then she came over and she was like, look, I'm doing this tour and I don't have a support act. And, you know, I've seen that you've done your album. Would you like to support me? And then I saw the venues and I was like, oh, my God, the Hammersmith, like Apollo is like a massive Titanic, you know, auditorium. And it was jam packed and everybody was just so amazing and supportive and just showed me love when I came out and then you know and there were her fans as well as some of my fans came along and then when we did the finale you know that everyone was up dancing singing you could have oh it was amazing it was amazing but you've done the the voice you've you, as you say you've got your album Red Flare you've and this tour as well it sounds like you've had a good taste of the pop star lifestyle is that something you see yourself <laughs> doing more of in the future do you know what? I just love being an artist. I love, you know, the fact that we can, as performers, we can move between the genres of, you know, performing in musical theatre, then all of a sudden from musical theatre you're doing a musical theatre film, then you're, you know, you're writing music, you're writing songs. And, yeah, I just feel like I just love being a, being creative. For me, not the mundane, you know, um, you know, <laughs> every day going to an office kind of job. I don't think that's for me. Definitely, I love being creative, and I love. I think I love this struggling artist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh my god, one day it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You know, and then it happens. You know, oh my god, okay, I got to keep going. I got to keep going, and you know, just keep creating. I love. I love it. I love. I, I feel like I, every day, you know, a story comes out or I read something on Twitter and I'm like, oh my God, that could be a movie or that could be a musical, or that could be a song. And to be inside my brain, it's a, it's a little bit chaotic, but you know, it's... Um... Sounds like you found the perfect career for a brain that's always looking for different things. I mean, you've explored the, the new worlds of pop music and new musicals and now you're doing Annie Get Your Gun, a classic musical. Oh my God. It must be great to get to indulge the side of you that loves the nostalgia as well. Yeah. Do you know what? Um, when I kind of got the call, I was so excited because very rarely do I get to do like a classic musical theatre show and a show that kind of doesn't necessarily have people of my colour there, you know, say, you know, playing title roles in, the, in, the, in these kind of shows. And so it was so... I, yeah, I was just chomping at the bit to kind of get out there and do and to have a go. And I'm really excited to kind of get in the room and kind of, yeah, see what we create, you know, and um, bring bring that character to life and be the narrator as well for the show. Yeah, definitely. Def really excited because I don't really, I rarely get these opportunities. I rarely get these opportunities to do 
classic um, classical musical theatre um, shows like these. Is Annie Get Your Gun in particular one that you've always loved, or have you sort of discovered it anew when, when you've been cast in it? Um, it, I mean, I, I, I'd been to see it. Um, I think I saw it, oh my God, many moons ago. Um, I just finished Saigon and I think, um, Stephen Horton was doing it with, um, Rebecca Thornhill, I think it was. Um, and I went to see a production, I think it was in Wimbledon and I sat there and I knew Stephen cause we didn't, we'd done, um, oh God, we'd done Miss Saigon together. That was it. And I went to, you know, just see him perform it and cause I'd never knew the show. And I, I sat there and I was like, oh, my God, this is really good. Um, and, you know, and there are other shows that I kind of absolutely love, you know, the carousels, and, you know, um, just, yeah. But I, we just, I know I never got, I never get the opportunity to go in and, you know, and do these shows. So, you know, the fact that this has come, come my way, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really excited. And you're working with the incredible Rachel Tucker and Julian Ovenden, of course. Are you big fans of them? Have you worked with them before? I have. I worked with. I haven't worked with Julian before, um, but I have worked with um, Rachel Tucker. Um, we did. We did a workshop together just before. I think it was before the pandemic hit. Um, we did. We found ourselves in the in the room performing together, and we just had s- so much fun, and we hit it off. And so when I heard that she was involved as well, I was like, "Oh, this is amazing! I get to work with her again." And she is phenomenal her voice is insane and you know and she's a lovely person she's a very lovely lovely down-to-earth person and that's why that's why I want to you know you you want to work with people who make you feel happy who you kind of go actually you know I really respect you and I respect what you do but you are a very very nice person to get on with and yeah so I'm excited to um, work with her and then also yeah to work with Julian and get to know him as well. It must be lovely when you find people who you really admire as musical theatre artists who are also lovely people. Like you grow up loving musical theatre and you realise it's a world you can be a part of and be accepted into. And there are nice people. It's not faceless heroes off the telly. They're real human beings. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's loads of people in musical theatre that I get on with. And I just feel like it's such a very small network of fa- you know it's a family actually and everyone's so supportive of everyone and you know that i always say that there's there's only one role you know there can be seven of us going for it but there's only one role and you know if somebody else gets it you just accept that that's the case and it's not to do with your talent at all it's always to do with are you the right fit and often you are and sometimes you're not but what i love is that i'm really close with a lot of people in my casting bracket and we all get on and we will hang out at a birthday party or at an opening night or you know um yeah or they'll come and see me and support me and you know in drifters girl and i go and support them and watching you know get up stand up or you know another show that they're that they're um that they're starring in so i, I do feel that there is a lovely community um within the musical theatre world, definitely. I suppose it's because everyone's grown up loving musical theatre. You've always got something to talk about. You've always got something in common with these people. Oh, yeah. I mean, but do you know what? I came to musical theatre a little bit late. And, yeah, I mean, I started kind of, my performance kind of started in church and I started, you know, I, I kind of learnt to sing in church and then I went to um, Joseph Chamberlain College in Birmingham and I was studying performing arts and um, I kind of knew of like 
you know, the Joseph Technicolor dream coats and because you you know you do there as a, as a kid in school and you learn in the colors and you know of the coats and stuff but like properly getting into musical theater I, I did a musical theater course on my performing arts course and I was like oh my god you can do this as a living and enjoy singing and singing through and acting through song and I just yeah I kind of stumbled down this whole rabbit warren of um, musical theatre and um, we ended up putting on one of the shows I submitted to you. (laughs) Yeah to not break the format was there a specific show that you would pin it all on that really made you fall in love with musical theatre? Yes it was um, Melvin Bragg and um, Howard Goodall's um, The Hired Man. Oh interesting okay. It was I, it was a show that I'd never heard of before, but I was cast as John Talentire. And, um, yeah, it was, we, you know, as a company, as a, as, as, you know, um, as a class, we kind of came together and we put on this whole production and, um, it was the first time I'd played a lead in, in a, in a, in a, in a musical. And I absolutely loved that show. I mean, I, you know, and sometimes when I'm feeling up to it, I'll use it, you know, some of those songs for my audition. All those years ago, I still kind of lean on them. What would you say to your son if you were, be-? you know, like I just, oh my God, I can hear it now. Um, you know, I, yeah, I apps, that was one of the best musicals I, 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 well, I had ever done or, ever, uh, you know, I knew. And then, it kind of got me interested in the Les Mises and the Miss Saigons and the Phantoms and everything. I just kind of went down this rabbit hole of like musical theatre and then found myself running away from Birmingham to London to the big lights of the West End, um, you know, to to seek my fame and fortune. I I had, I mean, not quite the same journey, but I'm I'm from Birmingham as well. And I really miss that place. Like as much as I'm glad I live in London for all the theatre and that, Birmingham has a great vibe, doesn't it? Good people. Oh my God. Yeah. No, it was, do you know what? It was so sad because I would have loved to have stayed there, but there was, you have to, I realized even, even when I was working, like I did some part-time work at the Mac and which is the Midlands Arts Centre and, um, also, um, at the Birmingham Rep as well. I did workshops there and stuff, but it was, it was, everything was London centric, you know, back then it was like, if you want to work in Birmingham in the Alexander theatre or in the Hippodrome, you had to go to London to audition <laughs> for a show that was going to Birmingham. So it kind of, yeah, it, you know, um, but now Birmingham is, it's fantastic. I went to see some friends. Um, I think it was like a few Christmases ago and they were doing the Wizard of Oz at, um, the Birmingham rep and it was fantastic. And, um, yeah, one of the um, actually associate directors. He's now moved to the Bush, Daniel Bailey, and he's now an associate at the Bush Theatre. But yeah, I met him and loads of the team actually at, um, at Birmingham, and they all said to me, "Like, why haven't you come back to Birmingham to work?" And I was like, "Well, cast me in something, and I will come back." You know, um, but um, I'm yet to be cast in anything in Birmingham. So I've only read, I've only performed in Birmingham whilst I was on tour, actually, with Avenue Q, and we played the Hippodrome. Um, beautiful theatre. Yes, beautiful theatre. And I remember going to the Hippodrome um, as a kid, going to see the pantomime there, and um, 
the pantomime dame was Christopher Biggins. And I remember it so well. And um, I think it was Mother Goose. And he was, they were trying to feed um, the goose raisins. <laughs> it was so weird. But um, they were throwing these raisins out and then you had to throw them back on stage. And there's like a little seven-year-old, you're like, please, me, me, throw them to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a cool thing. I don't know if it's a cool thing or a weird thing, but you could probably still go see Christopher Biggins in Mother Goose in pantomime to this day. It's amazing the staying power of some of these celebrities. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Um, one of the theatres I always go to now is um, the Hackney Empire and see Clive Rowe. He, he, I mean, he's amazing. He's a legend. He's absolutely... And he's so... Just so funny and um, so entertaining. Lo- I love Panto. Love Panto. I love the whole send up of it. And I, I think as part of British culture, we get it. You know, yes. it's a part of our DNA. And um, Americans come here and go, what is this Panto? Like, what is this thing they do? And this man dressed up in the trip. You know, we we absolutely get it. And I, I think it's a little bit of escapism. It's, and also it kind of, it harks back to, you know, being a child and going on your school trip to your first panto and mm. enjoying having sweets thrown at your head. <laughs> That's definitely one thing to get you into theatre. Were there any other big shows that really got you into musical theatre that you really loved at a young age? Oh my God. Um, yes, I guess it was like, um, I mean, everyone loved Bugsy Malone, didn't they? When that came out and the film came out and you were just kind of like, why am I not in this? I guess the film and app, you know, it happened well before my time, but I was like, I want to be, I want to split, you know, splurge gun. And I love the cars, you know, how they used to pedal. Yeah. In those cars. I was like, I want one of those cars. You know, yeah. Bugsy Malone for me growing up was, was so good. So good. That's another great show and great songs. But to move on to the next question, um, what musical score gets stuck in your head the most often? Oh, wow. Um, it has to be Dreamgirls. Like, I think the writing of that show is so good anyway, but the songs, you know, and I remember my cousin having the CD with Jennifer Holiday, and because um, before it even came, to, you know, it's it's a re- it, it's so recent, even though it was on in, what was it, 2016 in, in the West End, but that was the first ever production. But the CD had been out since 83. Like, you know, it's kind of, it's been around that long. And I remember her just blasting out this woman. Like, I was like, wow, she sounds amazing. And then YouTube comes along and, you know, again, you can see her performance at the Tony Awards and you're like, wow and i'm telling like the power the oh my the emotion everything about what that woman gave that what she gave night after night it was just it just gives you tingles down your spine and um yeah and that whole sequence that whole argument sequence i've never seen anything like it before i mean you get you know with sundime i I kind of yes you kind of get that kind of you know crossing over and especially in um the beans the beans nothing but you know on... <laughs> but you kind of get all that you know it's her fault you know but the argument sequence in the dream girls before she sings her big number it's breathtaking 
So good. I have a very similar thing with Dreamgirls. Um, before I really got into going to the theatre to see musicals, I'd listen to the cast recordings and sort of half imagine what the story would be. Yes. But as you say, like that section in Dreamgirls, it's so clear. You can feel it. You don't have to see it. You can hear it in their voices. Yes. Yeah, no, totally, totally. So, yeah, no, I'll definitely say that that is one of the shows. And then when it became a film, actually, I was um, lucky enough to kind of get... Um, tickets my friend had just she just started working for a PR company actually and um as a publicist and she knew how much I loved the show and um and so she got me tickets to the premiere and I remember going to Leicester Square um with actually with Giles Torreira we were both doing Avenue Q together and I said to him look I've got a spare ticket and we both went and we saw Jennifer Jennifer, um, Jennifer Hudson, Beyonce was there, Nika Noni Rose wow. and um, we got pictures actually with them and um, Naomi Campbell, we hung out with Naomi Campbell, <laughs> it was such a surreal <laughs> night um, you know um, just you know us two just being there but oh my god and then when the show was ending they let off this um cannon confetti cannon and we'll be there we'll be there and this like gold confetti just filled the whole um cinema and we just looked at each other like tears like rolling down our face kind of going what did we just experience oh my god it was sensory overload um well there's a question there's a question i was going to ask later what your favorite movie musical is but i imagine nothing could beat that experience no nothing i don't think anything anything can beat that experience um of just being there and being with you know the cast as well and hearing the audience in that room just responding to everything there must have been like there were standing ovations it was a movie and it was standing ovations like for every number it was so good so good totally deserved as well it's as you say such a good movie such good performances and I, I hope you've kept hold of those pictures I hope they're framed somewhere in your house I think Giles has them actually we're just talking about music gets stuck in your head and things do you listen to a lot of non-musical theatre music oh my god yeah I do I um, I'm listening to a guy at the moment actually called Anise. Anise, I think it's A N E E S. Um, found him on Spotify and um, have his song. He's got a song called Free Me, which I am just obsessed with. It really, it's an empowering song about kind of, you know, saying no to toxicity and kind of people trying to get you down and get in your space. That's great. Um, I need album recommendations at the moment. So thank you for that. <laughs> One of the reasons I'm doing the podcast, new music recommendations. Also, any restaurant recommendations? You're obviously in the West End a lot. What sort of food is oh. down there? Oh, my God. Restaurant. I rarely like, kind of go out after the show, actually. Um, but when I was doing the show, I guess we'd go to the Londoner, um, which is a new um, hotel, actually, that's opened in on Leicester Square. It's an amazing hotel, and they've got, like, you can go up to the roof terrace as well. It's absolutely beautiful up there. And they, go, they do gorgeous food um, for after the show, because it's always hard to find somewhere to actually sit down, eat, and just, you know, and it's not too loud, which I really like. Um, but, yeah, and then there's also Two Bridges, which is it's a private members club, but it's always nice, you know, to ring ahead and they will let, you know, um, again, I, just, I always love going to places where 
you don't have to speak too loud <laughs> over the music. Oh, I'm, I'm the same. And I imagine after doing, well, while you're in a show, you don't want to be shouting and wearing your voice out. Yeah, yeah. And that's, we, you know, we are such, we're so, you do have to look after your voice, you know, especially doing eight shows a week. It's such, it's so hard. It's really hard. And, it, you know, yes, we make it look easy, but you really know the amount of water you're drinking and just vocal care and are you getting enough sleep and trying not to eat. So I will eat after the show only on a Saturday night. Um, you know, I can't eat after the show in the week because I'm just, I have the, the fear of acid reflux and no singer wants acid reflux when you're trying to hit B's and C's uh, whilst dancing full out in numbers, you know. Um, it's such you're such an athlete um, when you're doing shows in the West End. So this is Matt Henry. What a fantastically delightful guest he was and such an incredible talent too. You don't want to miss out on his Buffalo Bill in Annie Get Your Gun at the London Palladium on April 7th. So head to lwtheatres.co.uk now and secure your tickets. Also, make sure to follow Matt on the socials at at Mr. Matt Henry. That's at MR Matt Henry. And also this podcast at at Musical Mayor Pod. Now, back to that chat. Well, speaking of the West End, what's your favourite musical that's currently on in the West End? So my favourite musical um, that I absolutely love, enjoy, and I wish I was in it, but um, I'm a bit too old now, um, is Wicked. I mean, it's... I remember it coming in. I was doing Saturday Night Fever, um, so I was in the last cast um, at the... um, the Apollo Theatre Victoria and we were we were kind of doing the show and they were kind of coming in doing a recce and I remember kind of like what is this show and I started to listen again you know you listen to the cast recording and Adina Menzel is like singing Defying Gravity and you're like "I, I don't understand how this works and then you kind of find you know and then you go to one of the opening nights and you see and you're like wow Wow. So in an ideal fantasy world, if you could get cast, would it be, would you like to be a version of Elphaba, a version of Glinda, even Fiero, the wizard? Oh my God, I'd love to be Elphaba. <laughs> um, I'd love to be Elphaba. Um, I think, you know, after doing Kinky Boots and having all that makeup on, I think, mm. you know, I think my skin can take the green. Um, I don't think I'll be able to hit those notes. I'd have to take the keys down a little bit, but... Um, yeah, definitely. I think it's just so clever, you know, after growing up with The Wizard of Oz and um, and kind of, kind of, you know, there are loads of kind of links to The Wizard of Oz. And I just, yeah, I just think it's so, it's so, so clever. Are you excited about the movie that's coming out soon? I am. I am. Um, I would love to be in it, um, but hey, um, we can't be in every... <laughs> every musical um film well you were in matilda i know this is the thing so you know i i, I think i've t- i've ticked my musical film and um um you know but no I'm, I'm so excited to see how they do it so which musical has made you laugh the most ah it has to be avenue q <laughs> um it has to be avenue q um so funny. you know when it first, when it first came out i 
you know, I, I was in the original cast in London and I went, um, I made sure I went to New York to see, I was like, what is this show that I'm, you know, I've auditioned to be in that's talking about the internet is for porn and all this stuff. I guess you wouldn't be able to get away with it now, maybe. But it was so, I mean, it was so good. It was so good to do and to learn puppetry at the same time. It was like a gag a minute. It was like, you like everyone just was just howling. It was so good. So good. So funny. It must be so hard not to laugh on stage with a show that funny and you've all got puppets on your hands. You're all like doing silly things. Yeah. And it was like, you know, the puppet sex, Lucy the when the coin falls and, you know, just everything. It was just, yeah, it was, it, it was good times. There was so many, there was lots of corpse in, but I don't think the audience would have realised. Um, and I actually, I was first cover Gary Coleman at the time before I, you know, I took over the role and, I was also third cover Nikki Trekkie and I never thought I'd go on. I was like, no, I'll, I'll never go on, but I'll learn it, but I'll never go on. And then one time I went to the gym, I worked on my arms. I was like, oh my God. And then I got a phone call whilst at the gym to say, um, just to let you know you're on. I said, oh yeah, fine, Gary Coleman. No, 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 for Nikki and Trekkie. And oh my God, for two shows, it was, <laughs> I was a deer in headlights. But made it through, made it through. Um, you know what I mean, Rod? Hey, Rod. <laughs> no, it was, yeah, I, I kind of, I, I, yeah, I really, I, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Well, on the other side of the coin, um, we don't have to be too negative about it. It's not fun to be negative. But what musical do other people love that you don't quite understand, that you don't quite to connect to for whatever reason? Oh, cats. I, don't, I, I, I think get a lot it. of people agree with you there. I get it, but I, I kind of also am a little bit kind of, mm, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I guess I love a story. I love a story. I love a journey. I love to go on a journey. Um, and I love memory. Memory, you know, sh- sh- that's a story. That's You're right. Memory sort of is the only bit of real story in that. That's the, the I, need to, I need you to touch me. That's the moment. The rest of the show, it does seem like little bits. These little vignettes and all these. I, I, I get it, but I kind of also, you know, when they, when they start dressing up in the, um, is it cats versus dogs? I don't know. I, for me, yeah, I'm out. Dragon's Den, I'm out. <laughs> well, on a more positive note, what do you think is the most romantic musical? Do you consider yourself a romantic, sentimental sort of person? Um. Yeah, yeah. Um. I guess the most, for me... It's it's a heartbreaking story, but it's also a beautiful love story um, between Kim and Chris um, in Miss Saigon. And I, you know, mm-hmm. I did the show, one of the first tours when it went out, and um, just you know, last night of the world. Oh my God, that song is so beautiful. Sun and moon. It's just the love that these two have, and yeah, it, it's it was so beautiful. And just watching. The guys do it night after night and just knowing that it wasn't ever going to have a happy ending the most and the fact that she loved him with all her heart and she she held on to that love and i want where's the film i want to see miss saigon the the movie because i think it would be the most epic movie ever made i think cinematically i just think it would be heartbreaking but just so powerful so powerful. Let's put it out into the universe. Hopefully it'll happen. <laughs> Fingers crossed. It'll happen one day. 
Which musical have you not seen that you think you should see? Um, Follies. Okay. Follies. A classic Sondheim. Um, yeah. I, I, do you know what? I love a bit of Sondheim. Um, and I was kind of going, I, I was on at the National and I was like, I really need to see this. And I never got to see it. And I heard so many good things. Um, I had a lovely friend called Jamie D, um, who was in the show. And I kept saying, I'm going to come, I'm going to come. And I never went. And I wish I got to see that show. Um, hopefully it'll, it'll be back in some form. Well, luckily, because it was National Theatre, they did film it. Would you be interested in seeing the filmed version of it? Or do you think you have to be there in person? Uh, ooh. I think I'd love to be there in person only because I think I would enjoy the film version, of course, but then I think I'd be like, oh, watching the film version going, this is amazing. Oh, but I wish I got to see the real thing as well. You know, just make it worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm greedy. I'm greedy like that. Uh, well, for me, Annie Get Your Gun is one which uh, I haven't seen live in person. I've only ever listened to. So I'm really excited about the concert version. I imagine there's quite a few people like me who have listened to these classic musicals, but haven't had a chance to go see them. So it's so exciting there's going to be this concert version. Yes. No, I, I honestly, I am so excited for people to see it. Um, and yeah, for those who haven't been able to kind of, you know, got the opportunity to, I think the last one that was on was with um, Anna Jane Casey, I think it was, um, she was doing it, I think she was doing a tour of it or she was doing it in town. But, you know, for all those people who haven't been able to see it, and, and I think what's so fantastic about these concerts, you know, a lot of them have been happening recently, is that people are actually getting to experience the music, the songs, but also kind of a little bit of the performance side as well. So, you know, there is the acting, that you know, um, staging of the piece. It's not like the full-blown thing. Like they did this, that with um, the uh, Witches of Eastwick, which had friends in. And, you know, it was so good to hear the music, but also you got to see some of the staging. So you felt like, you know, you were getting... Your money's worth. <laughs> uh, which musical's fictional world would you most like to live in? Ooh, I, I say this because of my son, but it has to be Enchanted. We play the album in the car and we and we watch the film and um, we always kind of think like <laughs> when we're in the park and, you know, he pretends that the pigeons are speaking to him. <laughs> oh. yeah. And all that, you know, I just, yeah, I, I love that whole, that whole world. And then, you know, the cartoon world of it as well. Is it Andalusia or something? Yeah, where she goes back to, uh, or where she's come from, dare I say. But yeah, I kind of enchanted. Would you like to just live in the world or would you like to be a specific character in that world? I'd love to know. I think I'd just like to live in the world of um, where everything's just like perfect and Maybe it'd be, get a little bit sicklier after a while, but you know, you, if you don't know any better, then you'll be happy. See if we can make it happen. If you were to direct a radical restaging of a classic musical, which musical would you adapt for modern times? If I was to do um, to um, direct a radical restaging of a classical music musical, I would definitely do Gypsy. Um, and actually, I would do Gypsy. It wouldn't be radical. Maybe, I don't know. I think I'd have, like, Sharon D. Clarke, you know, um, and do, like, you know what they've done with um, 
Um, they've just done it in in the states, um, but I, I think I would yeah definitely do a whole kind of um, people of color cast casting of it and set it somewhere else and kind of yeah just kind of give a, a new life to it. I guess I think that would be amazing to see. The big final question: If you were the mayor of musical theatre, which show would you order be staged forever so you can go see it whenever you want and in which venue? Oh my, which venue? Wow. Um, You're the mayor, you can choose. I would do Into the Woods. Um, oh, another Sundime, amazing. You know, I, I got to meet him at the um, Eden Standard Awards. Me and Killian Donnelly have a picture of, um, with the Eden Standard Award with him. And I guess I did, I, I did Into the Woods at college and I think it's always been a show that's kind of has all these little meanings. And I guess when you become a parent as well, it be kind of, it speaks to you even more. And, um, you know, careful the things you say, children will live. Oh, oh my God. Um, and then see Meryl, Meryl Streep sing that song as well. Oh, the pain that she puts into, oh my God, she was amazing as the witch. But um, there's just, yeah, there's so many little things within that sh- little teachings life i love little life lessons that aren't being forced down your throat but they kind of resonate with you and and they resonate with you at any point in your life so when i did it at college you know the the princes resonated with me <laughs> and the I, I played the wolf but then like as you, the, the older you get there's little parts of it you know um that you say and kind of the, the you know the baker and being left with the child and all these little things start to play on your mind as, as a parent and um you know the world that we make for you know for ourselves but also for our children and so yeah definitely i think it's definitely a this is how the, this is how life is you know sometimes the path you take takes you into a dark place but then sometimes you know on that journey you'll meet nice people and it's such a life lesson it's all about life and I love it. Thank you so much. You've been an absolutely incredible mayor of musical theatre. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Thank you, Ian. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. That was the incredible Matt Henry. The biggest thank you again to him for joining us. Our first Olivier winner. So exciting. Who should we get on next? Who should we get on next? Please do get in touch and let us know. We're on the socials at at Pod. It would also really help the show if you could recommend us to friends and family and just about anyone else you bump into in the streets. This show is produced in association with musicaltheaterreview.com. Check them out for all the latest news reviews and interviews on everything on stage, backstage and worldwide. Don't forget to book yourself tickets to see Annie Get Your Gun at the London Palladium on April 7th. You can go to lwtheatres.co.uk for all the details there. And thank you again for listening in. See you next week. Keep it musical. (laughs) 